It's time for Ms. The Wiz Montalban Fantasy Football Podcast, the best place to go to get all your fantasy football news, analysis, and advice to dominate your league. Hi, you're listening to Ms. Montalban. I'm here today to bring you the latest signings, injuries, and breaking news. Thank you for joining me. Let's get started. Let me just start off by saying that week six was legit. It was a fun week. I enjoyed all the football action. And if we get more weeks like week six, we're going to be in for a wild season. Jaguars got their first win. You know, all the uh, Urban Meyer talk kind of died down. John Gruden made sure of that with uh, all the stuff going on with him this week. And they got their first win. And I really thought the Jaguars were going to pull it off, and they did. And how far has the Dolphins fallen where, you know, they were a playoff team last year, and now they're 1-5. and five. So, you know, Tua came back, and the Jaguars were still able to beat them. And I'll be honest, I, if I knew for sure Tua was going to come back, I, w- I might not have picked the Jaguars, but it's good to see them get their first win. Packers do what they do against the Bears. Bears, you know, they're 3-3, three and three, but... They're not a good team, and and the Packers, they are a good team, and uh, you know Aaron Rodgers taunting the uh, Chicago fans, kind of getting a, getting around the taunting rule by not taunting another player, but uh, you know taunting the opposing fans, and uh, you might see a, an uptick in that because uh, it's like a cheat code that uh, uh, players can get away with now. You know you're not allowed to taunt other players, but. You know, fans now are free game. Bengals, Lions. Uh, Bengals destroyed the Lions. Lions are not a good team right now. And Jared Goff, uh, the way he was playing early on, made you see, you know, made it seem like the Lions were going to have some life, and it was just a matter of time. But the way he's been playing the last couple games, I mean, uh, the Lions just—they're horrible. And uh, the Bengals—they're—they're they're a decent team. I mean. They're, they deserve their record, so I'm not going to say anything, but they definitely had a convincing win. And Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow, I mean, that connection's going to be around for a long time, and it's going to be a good one. Colts and Titans, nothing really to say here. Jonathan Taylor dominated. We knew he would. Texans got destroyed. We knew they would. So uh, not more to deliberate on that. And the Rams and the Giants, that's another one where, you know, Kind of happened the way we thought it would happen. Giants were playing a lot of backups on offense, not really able to move the ball. And when they finally did, you know, uh, Elijah Penny is the one that scored. So uh, just a, a disappointing uh, disappointing game, but, uh, you know, totally predictable. Chiefs destroyed Washington, which we thought they would. I thought Mahomes would play better, I'll be honest. Tyreek Hill got a touchdown, but I thought he would explode. And uh, Daryl Williams, I mean, we placed in Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He's just the better running back. And, you know, I said it last week, but I'll say it again. Like, he's the better running back. And uh, I think the Chiefs are their running games in better hands with Daryl Williams playing uh, running back. Vikings, Davin Cook came back. And it was kind of unexpected. Like, you know, you heard that he had a chance to play. And you just thought it was going to be another thing like last week. and But he did. He went in there, ran hard, played good. Vikings beat the Panthers. And... I thought the Panthers would win this game with the the defense that they had. I thought this would be a low-scoring game, and neither happened. The Panthers lost, and they gave up 34 points to the Vikings. 
you know, scoring 28 points of, uh, on their own. Ravens totally dominated the Chargers. This wasn't even a game. Like, they destroyed them. Freeman, Bell, Murray, they all scored. So it's like trying to figure out that backfield. Who knows? Very, you know, you're not going to see many weeks where all three running backs get a touchdown. But, uh, you know, it wasn't. I, th- I thought maybe this record for the Ravens was kind of a fraud, but beating the Chargers like they did, you know, they they deserve their record too, and they're a legit team and one of the tops in the AFC right now. Cardinals remained undefeated. Browns are just banged up. They don't have good quarterback play. Their, their team's not playing good as a whole. And, uh, yeah, they got beat by the Cardinals. Raiders totally dominated the Broncos, and the score was closer than what the game actually looked like. I thought the Broncos were going to win this. All the distractions with the Raiders. Broncos were at home. Prime time for them to beat the Raiders, and they didn't. So there really needs to be a shakeup in Denver because the Broncos, have, you know, they have a lot of weapons on offense. They don't look lively on offense at all. It's, it's like they're struggling every possession. And, you know, they... It's like they're regressing from early in the season, and their defense is on the field too much. I think that plays into it, really hurting, uh, you know, the Broncos. And uh, now they're out of a playoff spot. Cowboys beat the Patriots, and we knew they would, but it went into overtime, and that's something we didn't expect. I thought the Cowboys would win kind of easily, but uh, yeah, Patriots played well, and uh, Cowboys let them stay in the game and. If it wasn't for that C.D. Lamb touchdown in overtime, this uh, this easily could have went the Patriots' way. So, uh, good win by the Cowboys. Steelers, Seahawks. This is a game where the Steelers need to win this. They did. It looked horrible. They looked so horrible doing it. Seahawks were badly outmanned with Carson and Russell Wilson being on IR, and it didn't matter. The Steelers uh, beat the Seahawks, but. Man, if you're a Steeler fan, you really got to be worried about how bad this offense looks. And, you know, Steelers are technically in the playoffs after week six, but they don't look like they can do anything in the playoffs. I mean, they look they, they look like a really mediocre team. And until that offense can get moving, it's really going to hurt their defense. And then, of course, to, uh, tonight the Titans beat the Bills, which was a surprise. The Bills went for the win, and fourth and one uh, went for it. Didn't pan out, cost them the game, but... You know, I don't. We have Josh Allen behind center. You you make that move, and if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But uh, great game to watch, and Derrick Henry is just a beast. Like he's just the best running back I've ever seen. Bills were really like the best team in football against the running back position, and it doesn't matter. Derrick Henry can just do whatever he wants to anybody. He's bigger, stronger, faster, and nobody can tackle him. Nobody. So. Moving on to the news, Sean Taylor's number 21 was retired by the Washington football team. And in true Washington football team fan uh, fashion, uh, or fashion, but, you know, the passionate fans uh, really uh, let them have it. It felt like they rushed it and used it, uh, you know, used an all-time great as a distraction, you know, for the bad PR they're about to get due to the emails. And... I kind of have to agree with them. It's like, you know, you before the like halfway through the week, you, you know, all these bad uh, emails are coming out, and you're like, oh, by the way, we're retiring Sean Taylor's number twenty-one. Everyone, come celebrate. Let's retire it. And 
it's just sad that uh, you got to be skeptical of something, you know, something so great happening, uh, honoring a great player that uh, tragically passed away, and uh, you're looking at ulterior motives. That, that's how bad that franchise is. <laughs> anyway, fans, like I said, they weren't dumb. They were calling them out all over Twitter, all over all the comments, all over the place uh, about how obvious this diversion was, and you know. Fans are smart about uh, PR nowadays, and you can't trick them. Julio Jones leaves the game with a hamstring tonight, and the reason why I mention this is because it just keeps happening. He's hasn't been healthy for a while. He keeps trying to play, and you know he made that great catch off the helmet of the Bills defender, and uh, yeah, then hurt his hamstring. And I just got to say, I think Julio Jones is done. And he had a great career, but these injuries are just piling up, and it's, uh, you know, it's it's not as fun to watch him anymore. It just looks like he's struggling to make it through every game. And uh, speaking of, uh, you know, injuries, Taylor LeWan was carted off with a concussion. Uh, I'm actually happy it's a concussion, not that I'm advoc- advocating for concussions, but it looked like it could have been a neck thing and a lot worse. And so the fact that... Uh, he looks like he'll be okay once he gets through the concussion. Uh, that's a big relief because that looked scary. And the Texans are planning to release outside linebacker defensive end Ridley Marcellus. And that's kind of sad because he was a really good player for them. Uh, added a, lo- a lot of pass rush capabilities to that defense. And he just doesn't fit Levy Smith's system, so he's kind of playing defensive end where I feel like he's undersized and overmanned. So maybe he'll... Uh, once he's released, he'll go to a team that can use him, and uh, he'll be an effective pass rusher for them. Uh, running back Cream Hunt's out several weeks with a calf injury. That's significant because Nick Chubb is also out with a calf injury last week, and hopefully he can make it back. But uh, if not, you're looking at the Ernest Johnson and uh, Demetric Felton, but more the Ernest Johnson for that uh, ground and pound offense they like to run. So uh, you definitely need to keep an eye on that because if Chubb doesn't play, Johnson's a prime candidate to get some uh, good volume. So there you go. That's the news. Let's uh, get to our goats of the week. We had some really great performances this week by some quarterbacks. So definitely need to go over our goats of the week this week. And our number three goat of the week happens to be Kyler Murray. Played against the Browns, you know, we were kind of skeptical. He was injured a little bit. weren't sure if he was going to be at full speed, so we thought this would benefit the Browns a little bit. But uh, it really didn't matter. Kyler Murray was 20 out of 30 for 229 yards, four TDs, uh, had six yards rushing on seven attempts. So that's not significant, but the four touchdowns definitely was. DeAndre Hopkins had a couple. Christian Kirk had one. A.J. Green just a really good game by Kyler Murray. Really fun to watch the Cardinals play against the Browns because everyone was picking the Browns to win, and Cardinals not only won, but they won handedly. Uh, so it was really fun to, to uh, watch Kyler Murray. Number two, star of the week at quarterback, none other than Matthew Stafford. He was 22 of 28 for 251 yards, four touchdowns. He did throw a pick, but, you know, he throw four touchdowns, you can throw a pick here and there. He had two rushes for 12 yards. And this was, again, a big-time performance. Bobby Trees got a touchdown. Cooper Cup got a couple of them. And, 
Daryl Henderson got one as well. So Matthew Stafford really distributed the ball pretty evenly. Could, he really did whatever he wanted against this Giants defense. Giants defense, well, not their defense, but just in general, they were undermanned, had a lot of injuries. So uh, Matthew Stafford, number two, go to the week. And then our number one go to the week is Josh Allen, quarterback for the Bills. Seems to be a mainstay on here all the time. And it uh, doesn't matter who he plays. He's 35 for 47 for 353 yards and three touchdowns. He p- had, a, had a pick, but he had nine rushes for 26 yards. And he had the touchdowns to Beasley, to Diggs. And, uh, yeah, he was... Josh Allen is... He, this was even in a losing effort. So if it wasn't for him slipping on that fourth down try, they, he might have won this game. But uh, they needed all of his efforts because he was the one that really kind of stepped it up. And, uh, yeah, he's our number one go to the week. Going into running backs, there's a lot of really good running back performances. But, you know, the top three, uh, well, at least number three, is Leonard Fournette for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He had 22 rushes for 81 yards and two touchdowns. Cut all his passes for 46 yards, too, and I think that was the difference. I mean, he was never really part of the passing game, and that's starting to change. So you had the 40, you know, it's like 100 and, uh, 120 something, 127 yards and two touchdowns on the day. That's a really good performance and definitely a top three of the week. Number two, I mean, Jonathan Taylor doesn't get any better than this. Well, obviously it does since he's our number two, but. Really strong showing. It was against Houston, so, you know, again, we kind of expected it. But he only rushed the ball 14 times. 14 rushes, that was it. He only rushed the ball twice in the first half. It looked like he was going to be a bust and then just exploded in the second half. 14 carries, 145 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Only had the one catch for 13 yards, but really great performance by Jonathan Taylor. I mean, that efficiency on 14 carries is just nuts. And then, of course, our number one star of the week. Like Josh Allen, he's like the running back version of Josh Allen. Constantly on our number one. Uh, Derrick Henry, it's just, you can't tackle him. You can't tackle him. He's bigger than everyone. You know, I already kind of went into this, uh, you know, earlier. But 20 carries, 143 yards, three touchdowns. And uh, definitely, like I said, he's going to, he's King Henry until someone can knock him off the throne. But, uh Hasn't been done yet, and I expect it just to continue because Bills were one of the best teams against the run. Wide receiver, we kind of had a, some. Uh, we had a surprise here at number three, Donovan Peoples-Jones, wide receiver for Cleveland. Odell Beckham was kind of banged up and in and out of the the, the game. Uh, Hollywood Higgins wasn't targeted very much. It was really Donovan Peoples-Jones. He had that big bomb at the end of the the half, like that hell mary to. Uh, you know, scored a touchdown there. Uh, targeted five times, had four catches for 101 yards and two touchdowns. Now, you don't really like the targets. I mean, five is decent, I guess, but uh, you can't expect 101 yards and two touchdowns on four catches every day. But uh, he was able to pull it off, and, you know, it was in a losing effort. I mean, he scored both of Cleveland's touchdowns in this one, and the Browns just looked really bad. Cooper Cup is our number two, and he seems to be on here quite a bit. Targeted 12 times, just insane amount of usage in this one. Nine catches, 130 yards, two touchdowns. And this was topped only by C.D. Lamb in that overtime game against the Patriots. 
He was targeted 11 times, had 9 catches for 149 yards and 2 touchdowns. So, just a, a really overall great performance by uh, all three of these guys. But, you know, Cup and Lamb getting the multiple touchdowns. Peoples Jones getting the multiple touchdowns. I think that's what uh, definitely did it for those guys. And again, it's tough to predict, predict touchdowns. So, it's like, you know, someone getting two touchdowns at wide receiver like that, uh, it's always going to sneak him into the top three. Number three for tight end. Goat of the week, Mike Gesicki. And he didn't even score, but he was targeted nine times, had eight catches for 115 yards. And with Tua coming back, I really like Gesicki going forward. He's one of his favorite targets. And it's kind of weird because before that, like we were going into the season thinking Gesicki was going to regress because he wasn't targeted very much by Tua, and that seems to be shifting. So I think Tua's learning who his weapons are and who he needs to get the ball to. Mark Andrews is our number two goat of the week. Six targets, five catches for 68 yards and a touchdown. And uh, he actually had another one that was close that was not necessarily dropped, but that good defensive play on him that uh, could have made it two touchdowns. But, uh, you know, that was a dominating performance against the Chargers. And then our number one was Noah Fant against the Raiders. Eleven targets, eleven. Nine catches, 97 yards, and a touchdown. And, of course, that happened because I was playing against him in fantasy football this week. Dominating performance by Noah Fant. It's good to see the Broncos use Fant because I felt like they were kind of going away from him too much as him being one of their big weapons. Uh, but really, that's, uh, that's neither here nor there. I mean, the Broncos' offense looks terrible, and, and uh, you know the, that connection with Noah Fant seems to be the only thing working for Denver right now. But uh, that does it for our Ghost of the Week. Let's Move along to the ghost. Here's the part of our show where we go through the really bad performances this week. Not as fun as the goats, but uh, nonetheless just as important. We like to uh, talk about who maybe isn't meeting our expectations in the week. Number three ghost of the week is Taylor Heineke. We are actually expecting a big week from him going against the Chiefs. Chiefs gave up a lot of points to the quarterback. And it really didn't matter. I mean, it was 24 of 39 for 182 yards. And that was it. 182 yards. One touchdown and one interception. So uh, for someone that was supposed to have, you know, one of the top performances of the week, and I even picked him to be, like, I think top three in my Stars of the Week segment. And, uh, yeah, for him to be at the very bottom of the quarterback list this week is uh, really disappointing. Number two, Ghost of the Week. This one goes to Jared Goff. I mean, he just, this is like two weeks in a row of him being subpar. 28 of 42 for 202 yards. Zero touchdowns, one interception. And that's just not getting it done. It's just not. Against Cincinnati, you needed some firepower. And uh, they weren't able to provide it. Uh, Jared Goff has been very Jared off these last two games. So, my number one ghost of the week is Daniel Jones for the Giants. Now, I wasn't even sure he was going to play this week. I actually thought it wasn't going to be Daniel Jones. I thought it would be Mike Lennon. But instead, he was able to pull it off, and maybe he shouldn't have. Maybe he should have stayed out and let Lennon play, because he was 29 of 51, 242 yards, and three interceptions. Three. Zero touchdowns, 
Only had four yards on three uh, rushes, which usually kind of covers for the fact that he's a mediocre passer and a turnover prone. And he was just turnover prone in this one. That's really it. So Daniel Jones had a horrible performance. Uh, definitely deserves, you know, our Ghost of the Week designation. And he's been on it a lot more than uh, I would, yeah, that I like, that I think a lot of people would like, because uh, we all thought, you know, last year that he had potential to have a breakout. And we're still waiting for that breakout. So moving along to the running back, Ghost of the Week. This is a sad one as well. Uh, number three, Ghost of the Week is Austin Eckler. Six carries for seven yards. Targeted seven times in the passing game, four catches for 48 yards. That was the line. Ravens have, were known to give up points to the running back, but not in this one. They totally bottled up Austin Eckler and definitely had a subpar performance in this one. Moving along to our second ghost of the week, that one goes to Antonio Gibson. Now, he was banged up, and uh, yeah, it was sad that he was banged up, but he had 10 rushes for 44 yards, was in and out of the game as well with injury, targeted three times, had two catches for zero yards, and yeah, that's really it. I mean, lost a fumble to make things worse. Uh, so that's Gibson for you. Really bad day. What, two points? Uh, we really needed better from him. And he actually had a decent matchup against the Chiefs where, you know, he could have done better. And instead, J.D. McKissick kind of took over and, and did what Gibson needed to do. And then moving on to our number one star of the week. You have to go way, way, way down the list for this one. But it's Miles Gaskins. He had that huge game against the Patriots. Everyone picked him up off the waiver wire thinking, you know, his, uh, him playing against Jacksonville, he was going to continue that. And I even mentioned that during my pickups of the week last week. Instead, he had five carries for nine yards. Targeted six times in the passing game, had two catches for five yards. Just a total dud. Barely, you know, registering any uh, fantasy football points whatsoever. And uh, it wouldn't be a surprise if you're going to see a wave of Miles Gaskins owners just dump him right back into the waiver wire. And uh, to be honest, I don't blame you. I mean, why why would you keep him at this point? You know, he had that one good week, and you thought he was on the uptick, and then he just follows it up with uh, another uh, dud. That uh, yeah, disappointing game. So yeah, drop him, put him back into the waiver wire. See uh, if anyone else wants to go pick him up. Wide receiver, we, yeah, we have a good mix of wide receivers that were disappointing. First one, Chase Claypool, and I don't know what to say about Chase Claypool. I mean, they're trying to get him the ball. They threw the ball to him like seven times, seven times, and he had two catches, two, and uh, 17 yards. He's just, uh, you know, he... The, the his rookie year, he was able to make those battle catches and uh, out jump everybody and get them. And I, I can't remember one that he's coming uh, he's come down with this season, to be honest. And again, they keep targeting him, but he's not making any catches. And so I'm pretty much out on Chase Claypool this year. He's not showing me anything. I actually think James Wa Washington should get a shot because uh, I, I think James Washington's a better receiver right now. Uh, Chase Claypool is actually hurting the Steelers' offense and uh, hurting their efficiency because, yeah, he's just not able to hang on to anything. 
Number two, star of the week is Tyler Boyd for the Bengals. I mean, you have Joe Burrow throwing you the ball. You're against the Bengals, or against the Lions, sorry. You figure that uh, this would be a big game for him. And uh, it really wasn't. He was targeted three times, had one catch for seven yards. That was it. One catch for seven yards. Um, but uh, it is what it is, and uh, Jamar Chase happened to be the man, and uh, good for him. Not good for Tyler Boyd. And our number one ghost of the week for wide receiver is Jalen Rager for the Philadelphia Eagles. He was going up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who give up the most points against the wide receivers, and him and Devonta Smith both just weren't able to do anything. It, it's like uh, Richard Sherman came back, although he did get hurt, but uh, totally uh, helped the Buccaneers secondary become elite because uh, the Eagles receivers weren't able to do anything. He was targeted three times, zero catches, zero yards, and you know a lot of people probably started him on their fantasy teams. Uh, I was one of those thinking that uh, he'd have a good connection with Hertz in this one, and uh, really, instead it was just a really big fat disappointment. So moving on to our wide receiver ghosts of the week, this one is <laughs> going to be some of the same uh, same suspects, the usual suspects, but uh, our number three ghost of the week is uh, Anthony Ferkser for the Titans. Now. They were going against the Bills, and one of the ways to attack the Bills is, you know, since they're one of the top defenses in the NFL, is with the tight end position. But he had one target, one catch for 11 yards. Just not getting it done. Uh, number two goes to the week. This definitely is a usual suspect. Robert Tanyan for the Packers. This is like the third week in a row I think he's been on here. Targeted three times, had two catches for 10 yards. Not scoring any touchdowns. You know, again, being a top, like, five receive or tight end last year to now just being an afterthought and consistently one of the, you know the lower end tiers of the tight end rankings every week is really disheartening and uh yeah there's right now i think uh tanya's droppable so if you have him get rid of him and then to finish it out our number one ghost of the week is david and joku for the browns had that huge week last week this week against Arizona, even though they're decent against the tight end, you're like, wow, he's gonna, you know, get some, uh, get some stats built off of the last week. Two targets, one catch, six yards, and that was it. So, not what you like to see, especially after he was, uh, you know, a good, decent uh, pickup option after last week. Uh, you don't like to see him lay an egg like that, and obviously it's not an egg because he, he did have one catch for six yards, but. Uh, it might as well have been an egg. So there you have it. That's your ghost of the week. Let's move on to the pickups of the week. It's Burke and Mrs. Pickups of the Week. Let's get it started. All right, this is the part of the episode where we just try to make your team better. Maybe you're hanging on to a playoff spot. Maybe you're trying to get into the playoffs. You're almost there. Not too far out of it. Or maybe your team's just atrocious and you're trying to get back into the game. This is where we give you the pickups to try to improve your team. So moving on to quarterback, number three quarterback I have is Case Keenum, mostly because Baker Mayfield's just been horrible. I mean, I didn't think he was going to have a good year, but he's been worse than I thought he would be. I thought he might have some big games still like he did last year, and he hasn't had any of the sort. He's been, uh, you know, banged up, 
throughout the games that he's been playing last couple weeks. And, you know, Case Keenum can go in there and actually probably do better, at least as a quarterback. And uh, not that I think Case Keenum's a great quarterback, but Browns have some matchups here where they can take advantage of it if they have some good quarterback play. So whether Baker Mayfield just, not that I think he'll get benched, but if that injury starts uh, becoming too significant where it's hurting the team, I can see them trying to pivot over to Case, Case Keenum, and he would be a good pickup at this point. Um, Carson Wentz is my number two for the Colts, and I like what Carson Wentz is. I mean, he had a decent game last week, and the Colts have been playing okay. Paris Campbell just got hurt again. Looks like he'll be significant, but, I mean, you still got Pascal, T.Y. Hilton, and Michael Pittman Jr., so... Carson Wentz, good pickup here. I like their schedule, especially when you're playing the Jaguars and the Texans as much as they are. Number one is Jameis Winston for the Saints. I mean, he was on here a while back, but probably was dropped because he uh, was pretty mediocre. But now he's coming on strong again. I mean, he doesn't throw a lot of passes, but he gets a lot of yards. And he gets a lot of touchdowns per completion as well. So Jameis Winston is a guy that you need to be getting on your team right now. Definitely recommend it, and uh, especially with the Saints, you know, uh, Michael Thomas is going to be coming back, and that's going to make that passing game more significant. Running back, my number three is Devonta Freeman for the Ravens. Uh, I don't know who the running back is, but it looks like Latavius Murray and Devonta Freeman are the main two guys. Murray gets more of the carries, but he's probably already on a roster, so Devonta Freeman is actually getting more and more uh, volume as the season's progressing and uh, obviously I'd still uh, you know not pick up Le'Veon Bell yet even though he's becoming uh, significant as well but uh, Devonta Freeman's the one that I'd like to own on that Ravens backfield right now uh, if Latavius Murray's already been taken I think you can get some decent uh, play from him especially if you are looking at a uh, you know you have some guys on a bye and you need someone in the flex uh, Devonta Freeman might not be a bad pickup. Number two is Ramondre Stevenson for the Patriots. Damian Harris is, was banged up. He played and played really well, but uh, the interesting part was Stevenson still was part of that offense and being involved. So even with a good day by Harris, it's uh, interesting that uh, Stevenson can still be uh, an effective back. And uh, he's definitely worth a pickup at this point to roster. Uh, and uh, at least, if anything, with his increased usage, he might become relevant, and especially with an injury to Harris, you know that uh, he's going to be the guy replacing him. Number one, however, is we've already kind of talked about it, or at least we've hinted about it. Kareem Hunt out for a significant amount of time. Nick Chubb has the same calf injury as Hunt, and, uh, you know, was, didn't play last week, might not play on a short week uh, when they play Denver. The Ernest Johnson for the Browns. You need to get him. Um, even with Chubb coming back, they're still going to have, you know, they're one of the top rushing attacks in the NFL. They're still going to use multi-backs. It's not just going to be Nick Chubb. So that really increases Jarenis Johnson's value, and I think he's a significant pickup at this point. Wide receiver, T.Y. Hilton, pondered retirement, decided to come back, and then he just came back and got like 70 yards receiving. Is ridiculous. This is like the T.Y. of old where he was getting volume and catches and yards. And uh, even when he was playing towards the end of last year, he didn't look like, you know, he looked like he was done and uh, should maybe hang it up. And now that he decided he really didn't want to hang it up, he's 
you know, first game back, starting to perform. And with Paris Cam- uh, Campbell being hurt, again, it's going to be Hilton, uh, Michael Pittman Jr., and uh, uh, sorry, <laughs> Zach Pascal. <laughs> so uh, T.Y. Hilton in that slot, that's a good place to be, going to get a lot of action. He needs to be picked up at this point. Number two is Donovan Peoples-Jones for the Browns. And I say that because Odell Beckham just can't stay healthy. Juice Landry's on IR. He's hurt. They're not using Hollywood Higgins and giving him any volume or targets. So really by default, I mean, who else are they going to throw to at this point? Donovan Peoples-Jones had a big game. He's not getting a lot of targets, but uh, he's been effective with them. He's been the best Browns receiver so far this season. So especially, like I said, with the injuries and buys, this might be a decent pickup to throw in there and uh, play against the Denver Broncos on a short week. Uh, make sure he's in the uh, in the wide receiver spot. And then, then number one is Michael Gallup for the Cowboys. He's coming back from IR, could be as soon as this week. As soon as he comes back, that Dallas passing attack is going to be even more potent. He's going to get action. You're gonna, he's going to get targets. And, uh, you know, even with the uh, how many people they had last year, everyone thought Michael Gallup had a disappointing season, and he, you know, when it was all said and done, his stats were still as uh, like what a top uh, forty wide receiver. So I expect that to continue when he comes back, and uh, he started off the season strong. The first couple games, you need to pick him up. This is the time to do it. You're not going to find a more talented receiver on the waiver wire than Michael Gallup right now at this point. So definitely worth a pickup. Then at tight end, number three, I mean, this, tight ends were a lot harder because there's just not any really good tight ends out there. But number three, I have Eric Ebron. With Juju Smith-Schuster being out, they're using the middle of the field with the tight ends a lot more. So Freermuth and Ebron are getting more targets, and, and I guess the offense is getting more catered around them. So this is a good chance to pick up Ebron, and, and he can do what you thought maybe he would do at the beginning of the season. Number two, Evan Ingram for the Giants. And I hate to mention this because we we always mention him. I mentioned him already earlier this season, and then he just continued to kind of just be a dud. Uh, but with those targets that he gets, it's just the point where they're so significant. You can't ignore it. And with how bad the tight ends are this year, you just got to chase those targets, and Evan Ingram is currently getting those. So he's our number two pickup. And then our number one pickup of the week is Gerald Everett. He came back from covid and against the Steelers, he only had two catches, but he had a really big play. And I think with the Seattle offense, you know, as teams kind of uh, try to contain Lockett and Metcalf, that middle of the field is going to be open with Everett, and they're going to take advantage of it. So I can see an increase in uh, targets, and he's going to be more significant part of this offense. He's my number one pickup at tight end. And uh, obviously if I had a choice and I was using uh, – you know, had waiver priority. Uh, Dearness Johnson's the number one. He's got to go get him. And I would actually probably say Michael Gallup's number two. And uh, I guess the rest is just by what you might need and who might be a sneaky play this week. NFL preview alert. All right, things are hot and heavy on Thursday night football because it's the Denver Broncos at the Cleveland Browns. This game, I mean, there's a lot of people banged up. We'll see how it unfolds, but I don't know. The Browns are favored by five and a half points. I'm going with the Denver Broncos here. Browns aren't playing well. 
their running backs are banged up, Chubb and Hunt. Their passing game is garbage. Broncos just had a really bad week against the Raiders. They need to kind of pick it up. Coaches are under some pressure. I'm not saying the Broncos win, but I think it's going to be close. And even if the Browns squeak it out, the uh, I don't think they'll beat the Broncos by more than uh, you know six, more than five points. So I'm taking the Broncos in this one. The over/under is 44, and that's such a low over/under. I, I mean, it's really low. And I can see like a defensive touchdown, kick return, or some kind of thing going on here. So I'm taking the over on this one. There's not a lot of room for margin when it's that low, so give me the over and uh, expect you know something weird to happen for a score. Starting for the Broncos, Teddy Bridgewater. Just The Browns give up a lot of points to the quarterback. You've seen with Herbert and with Kyler Murray last week. Now, Teddy Bridgewater is not either of those type of quarterbacks, but it's still he he's going to have a big week against this Cleveland Browns defense. Tim Patrick, wide receiver, is going to have a huge week. I like him a lot in this one. And then Cortland Sutton I like a lot in this one as well. I think both receivers are going to have big weeks against the Browns. And uh, Noah Fant, even though it's kind of a so-so matchup, with how much he's being targeted, you can't ignore it. So you should just start him because he's going to be a better start than uh, other tight ends with good matchups who don't get as many targets. Uh, but running back-wise, Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, they could be on your bench. Uh, Brown st- uh, stuffed the run, and these guys car- split carries anyways. So, I mean, the way they've been utilized has been pathetic by Shermer. I- I'm just uh, I'm benching both of these guys. Cleveland Browns, I'm starting Donovan Peoples-Jones. Again, just because he's the main guy, he's the best receiver on the team. He's available more than the other receivers. And I, I'm starting Odell Beckham because of the matchup, but, again, if, he can't stay healthy. So it's, it's a risky play anytime you play Odell, and uh, you might just be rolling the dice again, but the, the matchup is there for this one. Everyone else for the Browns, though, Baker Mayfield. I put Case Keenum on here just because I'm still, like I said, I'm not sold on Mayfield this game. Both of them should be benched, though. Nick Chubb, scared about the injury. He should be a bench. Ernest Johnson, even though he's the top pickup this week, really should be a bench. Like, I just don't like uh, him against the Broncos this week. However, with the volume, you know, if you're really hurting, you need a flex spot or you need him at running back, put him in there. Uh, the volume should, especially if Nick Chubb doesn't play, will be significant. Uh, Hollywood Higgins, bench. Uh, you know, I build him up. He lets me down. He's on the bench. And then uh, all the tight ends, Austin Hooper, David Njoku, uh, Harrison Bryant, all those guys should be just on the bench. And uh, this game will be this will be interesting. I mean, it's, uh, it's a Thursday night game. So, I mean, they, they have been exciting. And actually, that's another reason why I take the overs, because they've been outscoring uh, and, and been over for all of them so far. I think except for the uh, maybe the Seahawks-Rams game. But regardless, we need to take the over. This is going to be a battle of injured players and tough defenses. But, uh, you know, it should be fun to watch with these defenses. What's hot in the streets? We are Ms. the Wiz Montalban, Fantasy Football Show. Thank you for listening. You can catch us on all major podcast applications, Apple, Google, Spotify. We're there. Listen to us, like us, review us. And in the meantime, we'll be back at it in a couple days to go 
preview the Week 7 matchups in the NFL. Uh, thank you for listening again. Cheers.